Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concert, all types of shows. Now, we don't know quite yet when Kyrie Irving will be back, but I will tell you, the Nets have some home games coming up, and there may be a possibility that Kyrie is back from one of those games. If that happens, let's say it happens right before the game, what you're going to do is you're going to go in the GameTime app because you're going to see his reemergence from the impingement. You're going to want to see that live. Go in the GameTime app. You're going to get a tremendous deal. And here's what's happening with GameTime right now. They are hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. Then under the billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC, all one word. Again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who do redeem that code. And this code is going out all across the NBA Athletic Network. So get in on it while you can. And it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, end of the year, 2019 this year that we are in so make moves quick and score last minute tickets Welcome back to the Glue Guys. It's just Mike here. This is a special episode for you all. Um, in the impending release of the final chapter of the Skywalker saga, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, I had to put up, is there an equivalent to a bat signal for Star Wars? What would it be? It would be that honing beacon that Rey was wearing that was linked to Leia in The Last Jedi. I, I tapped my own homing beacon and called in someone who is a massive Star Wars fan who also happens to know a little bit about the Nets. Ryan Rucco joined me on this pod that you're listening to today. We talked for about 30 minutes on Rise of Skywalker. That is the beginning of it. Obviously, this is a preview pod, so there's no spoilers. We don't even talk about the tweet-length reviews, which you'll hear the reason why. That was Ryan's one request. All he wanted to make sure was that I didn't give him any hints about how the movie was being discussed. So we hear that coming up. And then at the tail end of it, which is probably what more people are interested in, is some really good Nets insight from Ryan, particularly about Kyrie Irving. I will put a note in the descriptions to say when Nets talk begins. So if you want to just hop right to that, you can certainly do that. Though I do say if you have any kind of passing interest in Star Wars, fun conversations. So thank you for listening. And we recorded this before the Pelicans game. So whatever happened in that game will not be discussed in this podcast, but uh, it is more big picture stuff anyways. So thanks again, Ryan, for joining us. And this is my interview with Ryan Rucco of ESPN. And yes, I'm going to tell you right now, no telling me anything that's come out since the showing last night. No reviews, no nothing. If you see anything, I've deleted all of my social media applications off my phone until I see it Thursday night. <laughs> so right. that, this is going to be that this is the start of our the podcast then this okay, is good why Perfect. are you doing that why is why social why lebron social media blackouting i was into actually Rise of gonna do, 
you know, I was going to do a post that had uh, a picture of the rise of Skywalker, um, like, uh, you know, the, the movie picture. Yeah. And I was going to do a, the hashtag zero dark 30 like he does, like LeBron <laughs> does. But then I was worried that, like, somehow that would motivate someone to, like, somehow contact me with a spoiler, you know. So I decided that I will just completely delete the apps off my phone without letting anyone know um, until I go see it on Thursday night. I am going Thursday night, so it's good that I don't have to wait till, say, like, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my reason being, I, like, I mean, there's there's a couple reasons, right? One, the obvious one is I don't want any spoilers. And I just follow so many Star Wars-centric people that I could see, like, somebody saying, like, oh, my gosh. Like, even if it's vague, right? It doesn't have to be specific. Yes. But even if it's, like, oh, my gosh, the, the two huge surprises at the <laughs> end of the movie just blew my mind. You know, and now I'm going in, like, anticipating two huge surprises. And even though that's benign, I still don't want that, you know. And And the other reason is... There is something of like a, you know, like we are all psychologically subjected to uh, the persuasion of groupthink. And social media is groupthink, you know, to the 100th power. Um, and I don't want that infesting my experience when it comes to this movie, because I can tell you that, like, if I if I saw like, you know, if. I don't want to see like, yeah, it, when when I see critics say like, oh, it's awesome. We love it. Like, I like seeing that. That gives me some like positive energy behind it, you know, but I don't need it. I'm predisposed to like it. What I don't want to see is like it getting bashed or ripped or 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 anything or, you know, I don't I don't want any kind of like opinion about it. I want to just be able to experience it on my own, completely on my own. And for that reason, I may even keep the apps off my phone in the immediate aftermath of seeing it so that I don't have anyone who doesn't like it saying like, yeah, it wasn't that good or whatever. Because those people, I don't need to deal with them. I I wish I had spoke to you before last night because last night was the premiere. We're recording this on, I'm not going to say anything, uh, but we're recording this on... What is this, Tuesday afternoon? And Tuesday, yes. <laughs> I'm glad I have you on for the podcast also to tell me what day it is. And yeah. um, Monday night they had the premiere, I guess, in L.A., and there were bloggers and reporters there, and they've been given very specific guidelines. And you'll see it if you're on social media, which you are not, but you at home who yeah. are listening. Uh, they're told they can say only so much. They can say, like, thoughts. Yeah. One thought, basically. Um, yeah. And I've seen about a dozen thoughts. So yeah, you don't want to see I already those have the expectation. Thoughts. I know. Well, and it's not that I know what's ha- going to happen. We all ultimately kind of know what's yeah. going to happen. I mean, something's going to like there's some resolution, it, you know, whatever. We can talk about expectations going in. But yeah, I agree with you. I think so. I'll even link this back to Force Awakens. So I yeah. w- I um to be up front, Force Awakens was is a difficult one for me. I. I respect it. I understand that JJ went in there and wanted to sort of reverse the tide from the episodes one, two, and three. He wanted to readjust and focus forward and get a great cast in there. So he did all these things that, but that movie itself to me, I'm not, I'm not a hardcore lover of that's, that's probably near the bottom of my rankings, but going into the movie, I remember reading reviews and people were out of their minds of how, amazing this film was i remember it was getting oscar buzz there were people right before and it kind of ruined my experience 
Last Jedi, yeah. I went in Zero Dark Thirty, and I loved Last Jedi. And now, me too. The tale of that movie, though, has been so destroyed by you know Reddit and fans online. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, well, see, yeah, uh, and that's the thing, right? Because I I gave the negative side, but you're right. It's also the positive side, right? Like I hope there's all wonderful reviews going in, right? But even if even if there's all awesome reviews, like now all of a sudden you're like almost like expecting your mind to be totally blown at every moment or whatever. And if it's yes. not, you're like, eh, you know, like, and so like I, I was into the reviews before the last couple and like, you know, I, I, I just decided, I was like, you know what? First of all, I like most things. Like if I don't like a movie, it really is not good. Okay. So I'm not, I'm like, why am I going to let, someone else's experience like i even like the prequels do i recognize they're yeah, yeah. not you know academy worthy productions yes but like i enjoy them you know so am i going to like let this shape my experience i just don't want it you know and and like does it get me excited if i see someone say you know oh it you know it was awesome it fulfilled your expectations or you know it punctuated the saga the way it needs to be like yeah that gets me excited and i feel good about that but like do I need that to be more excited going into it? No. And the reality is then you may have like you may either be able to determine specific things or it may just shape your expectations in a way that kind of like change how you go into it. Like if I say this restaurant is mind blowing in the greatest <laughs> restaurant you've ever eaten at in your life, you know, or if I just say, you know, this is a really good place. I think you're going to like it. Um, you know, the food could be exactly the same, but you're going to walk away probably thinking it's better when I just say it's a really good place rather than when I say it's, you know, the greatest meal of your life, you know? Well, so that is the 11 Madison park paradox. I don't, have you been <laughs> to EMP? I, I literally, literally was there uh, a week and a half ago. Um, Andrea and I do a Christmas date every year, my fiance, and we did one uh, there this year. Okay. It was both of our first times. Yeah. So for everyone who doesn't know, it's known as one of the greatest restaurants in the world. And everyone will yes. tell you that before you go to it, if you do get to go to it, it's, ex you know, it's expensive and it, but it's a complete experience. You're there for three hours and there are 12 courses and there there's table side bar cart Manhattan service. And there's all these things attached to it, but going in there, you know, uh, my wife and I were very excited to eat there. It was my birthday gift to her. Um, Nice. And, yeah. And we we were going in and, you know, we had this expectation level that this was going to be the greatest meal of our life. And it was fantastic. But it was also like it was again, it was this paradox that we're talking about of like expectations versus reality. And we went in thinking highest and it ended up being close to it. But though it could not exceed. Right. Um, yeah. I in that this movie, I think what's healthy is to to almost look at it as like that really good pizza place around the corner that you haven't been to yet, but you heard it's good. And then you go into it and it's actually better than that's like, you kind of want to have the lower expectation than the higher. one. Yes, exactly. Like, like that, that is what I want. Like if I hear like, yeah, it's good. Cool. You know, like yeah. great. I'm, I'm down with that. Like, you know, what I don't want is the, it's bad or the, it's no. mind blowing, you know, like that, that's where I am. And I love the comparison to EMP because like, <laughs> Because it, it it is it is the greatest culinary experience I've mm -hmm. ever had. It's like mind blowing what they do in there. As you know, the food is awesome, but 
do I think there is better food? Yes. Like, you know, like that's how I would just, that's how I would describe it. You know, like, so like, for example, my favorite restaurant in the city and virtually, I guess anywhere on the planet, uh, is, uh, Mark Forgione in Tribeca. And I would say the food at, at Forge is better than the food at EMP, you know? Now that doesn't mean that EMP isn't amazing because it is amazing, you know, but it's just like, it depends how you frame it. You know, how do you frame it going into it? If you're like, it's going to be the greatest experience and an awesome meal, boom, checks those boxes. You'll have an amazing time. If you say like, this will be without a doubt, the greatest food you've ever had. You may walk away and say, it was really, really, really good. I mean, it was great, but was it the greatest food I've ever had? Like, I don't know definitively, you know? And so it's just like, you know, that's the difference. Well, if you want the greatest food you ever had, go to Kawi in Hudson Yards. It's David Chang's restaurant. Ooh. Delicious. It actually was All just right. like eater restaurant of the year. But anyways, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, so give me, okay, you said Thursday night you're going to go see it. So give me the, what are we doing Thursday night? Is it just you? Are you going with another person? What's your setup like for the film? Yeah, so... Um, I had bought six tickets to the 6.30 showing, thir- a 6.30 showing Thursday night, okay? Okay. And my plan was to go with my fiance, uh, my parents, and my sister and brother-in-law. Um, but uh, we shortly learned after that my fiance's Christmas party is that night. <gasps> oh, no. So I – or holiday party. Um, but so <laughs> – I uh, nice correction. So yes. We, yes, yeah, we had to quick reroute, and so um, I was able to get three tickets for a ten o'clock showing that night. Wow! Um, and as it turned out, my dad's holiday party is that night too. So my dad, my fiance, and me are going to a ten o'clock showing on opening night um, on Thursday night. That is how I will. Uh, experience it my dad loves star wars he's not as big a fan as me like he doesn't know all the intricacies but he enjoys all the movies and he's loved every one of them um and uh and andrea and i've seen like i've seen force awakens with him i saw rogue one with him i saw last jedi with him not always my first viewing but at some point i've seen him with him and um and i love watching him with him because he really gets into him and Andrea, my fiance, had never seen a Star Wars up until like a month or two ago. And I wanted her to start with four and do it in like release order. Right. But she was like, you know, she saw the trailer for Rise of Skywalker at when they released it in Disney Celebration. And she was like, that looks epic. And I was like, see, she's like, oh, I want to see that. I was like, yeah, obviously. So. She was like, well, start me off with the ones with Ray in it because I because I like Ray and, you know, just from what she'd heard. And she's like, and technologically, I think, like, it'll be easier to grip me. So she started with Force Awakens, loved it. Then Last Jedi, loved it even more. Like, she really loved Last Jedi. And um, and she's been watching The Mandalorian and loving it. She hasn't watched any other movie, but she's excited for nine because of what she's seen with seven and eight. And I know I'll be able to go back and have her watch the other ones now based on how she's gotten into it so it'll be us three opening thursday and for me no social media until then so one i'm a little worried about this setup because if i know anything about christmas parties or holiday parties 
there tends to be alcohol at these events. Yeah. Yes. Are you but, are, are you going to moderate? Are you going to be able to moderate? Because you're going to want a clear mind going to Rise of Skywalker. Oh, 100%. Okay. I'm the dude who always looks at the people who get hammered at big games and say, what are you doing? Like, you're <laughs> you're a diehard whatever fan, and this is a huge game, and you don't want to remember it? Like, I never understand it. Like, I, of course, understand the fun that comes along with, you know, with drinking and partying. But, like, to me... Like have a have a drink or two, cool. Like have like seven at a game, no. Like now you don't know what's going on, you know. Um, I don't. I mean, like I remember going to an Islander hockey game once uh, in a playoffs, and like this dude uh, I was with, he was just like a friend of a friend, biggest Islander fan in the world. He was so drunk he didn't remember what happened. It was a huge playoff game. I'm like, how is this like an enjoyable experience for you? I don't understand. Um, and so anyway. Uh, my fiance doesn't really drink, um, and uh, I'll have—I mean, pro- we'll probably both have like at most, at most two drinks at the party. So we'll we'll be in because uh, it's also I also don't you know I don't want to have to go to the bathroom. You yes, know? I'm very not key. I'm not getting up to go to the bathroom during the game. Are during you the getting movie. like popcorn? So what's the kind of the the dietary <laughs> habits? Nah, man. I usually when I'm at a movie, I usually just have water. Like, honestly, I do. I'm kind of boring. Like, I'm usually just sitting there with water. Um, I uh, around the holidays, maybe I'll indulge in some stuff. But like, I think my whole game plan is like I may even go in in my suit because it's like that kind of holiday party. Um, (laughs) I, I may try and change at home first. But if I don't, I don't care. It's reserved seating. Yes. So have to do that. I mean, you have to do that. So like we can walk right in at 10 and be fine, you know. Um, So. I am, uh, yeah, man. I, I think uh, I'm, you know, I'll have a couple drinks at the party, but not more than that. Um, and I will, uh, I'll just be, you know, prepared to uh, basically want to sit down in the seat, drink water, and do nothing else. <laughs> Maybe we get a popcorn, but uh, the, that would be the most probably. So my setup is, um, I'm actually seeing it, and this was kind of by. I didn't really have anyone to see it with i'm back home in maryland i'm from maryland so i'm back home in maryland most of my friends are in new york um i didn't really have a the tight group that i know i could go to and say hey i want to see star wars will you guys be coming with me um but in here in maryland i'm gonna go see it with my two childhood friends max and zach who i saw episode one with on my birthday because it came out on my birthday when i was i don't know eight I guess. Um, and then so your birthday's in May, May 19th. Yes. Um, and Come so on, that was pretty good, right? Pulling out when it came out, right? That, Come that on. is good. I mean, that's a true fan. And you it know, it just shows you I'm a real fan yeah. basically. You know, that's I was going to test. I yeah. thought that was going to test your knowledge, but I was going to have you kind of provide your credentials to people just to let you let them know how big of a fan you are. But I already think in this conversation, they're kind of picking up on those vibes. <laughs> Knowing I, that I, I, I am a person who feels obligated to, Twitter and Instagram for my work, and yet I've still said the only time in my career I've deleted them off my phone is in advance of this movie. So yes, uh, credentials I, right there. I do feel like we're setting you up to fail for a little bit because people will hear this. We're widely listened to podcasts, one of the, the largest in the world, and they're going to yeah. hear you say that, and I you're almost going to become a target for well, various people. I, I hope not. Like I hope they're not mean bad people. <laughs> mean bad you people. Know? Like like please be nice, kind people. 
we don't, you know, we we don't want you spoiling anything. Also, like I know, I'm I'm sorry, I just interrupted you describing what sounds like it is going to be an <laughs> awesome way to see it, and no, I don't okay. want to interrupt you, but I just want to give an aside real quick. Like you have to be like the kind of person who litters if you are a spoiler, like ruiner for people. Yes. You know what I mean? Like like the same way I look at someone who litters and I'm like, you're probably a sociopath. You know, like the, there's something seriously- Makes me so weird. mad. I I don't know me, what it is. Oh, it makes me, it's, it's I see like, it happen. So my mom has become a person, I got it from her because she's become a person that is, <laughs> is an older woman who will pick up trash on the side of the road not because she's a convict and in jail and is that's a work release program no just because she's so anti-littering and she will just go down our street and pick up trash it's crazy well god bless your mom then because it's it is dude like i mean if i if i see someone just like intentionally like litter i literally could never again think of you as anything other than a bad person Mm -hmm. like i mean i that's like a that's like a, a an offense that I cannot get out of my mind, you know. And that's how I look at the people who like take glee and spoiling things. You know, it's like one thing, you know, for the undeveloped mind, you know, the 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 kid who's like thinks he's being funny and is and is really being a jerk, but just doesn't know what it is to be a jerk yet. I get, you know, like I I I don't enjoy that person. I don't like going to movies with that person, but I get it. Like they're learning what it means to be you know uh, a part of society you know where their brain is actually quite literally developing (laughs) but for the those who have developed brains to act like that like you're a bad person like i don't care what you do otherwise you're a bad person you know like you don't ever point at anybody else and say like you know you know do this no 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 like clean up your own house but so anyway, let's and hope we don't we'll, have any of those kind of listeners. I've heard you've had you have the greatest listeners in the right. world. So I think I'm going to be fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but, back but to your experience the, watching with your what, friends. But one thing on littering, because we're here, I do yeah, think it's like a it. New Yorker thing because our city is naturally dirty. It's a you know, yeah. it's not like if you go around to other cities, they're pretty clean compared to New York. And to to see people uh, not aiding in the cleanliness, but aiding in the pollution of it, you're like. What, we're all trying to like live in this crazy city and survive out here, and it is dirty. And when it snows, the snow goes from white to black immediately. It's disgusting here. Don't add to the. Don't add to it. Don't. Yeah, but all even if I was our... on the crisp mountains of Aspen and I saw you throw the wrapper of an <laughs> well, airhead, that, yeah, that's another thing. Onto the snowbank, I'd be like, "What are you doing?" Like, here's my. There, there are. There is an inadequate number of certain things in this world. Garbage cans is not one of them. So just wait and find one. Isn't that the the plot of Seinfeld series finale? Didn't they litter? And that's how they ended up in jail? I don't really remember. No, they didn't help someone who was in need. And there was like an <laughs> ordinance in the town where if you like don't assist someone who's being, I'm pretty sure you if you like, Right, I think I've, if you well, don't assist someone who's being robbed, that sounds more helpful. I'll guilty. Google as you talk the the series yeah, that finale. Was either, what I'm describing Plot. was either <laughs> One Tree Hill or Seinfeld, and I can't remember which one. Oh, geez, Siri just yeah. popped in and tried to talk to me. Um, they were yeah. they witnessed a carjacking and they ridiculed the victim, which yes. was pretty phenomenal. And they didn't help the victim. That was that was it. By the way, initial okay. runtime was an hour and 15 minutes. There you go. And it links back again to Star Wars and Rise of Skywalker, I think, because 
we now have experience of finales in certain ways. We had the Sopranos finale, which at the time was derided and now celebrated. We had Seinfeld, which at the time everyone was like, what the hell is happening? And now was thought of as like actually a pretty great idea for a finale. And we're entering this Star Wars finale. I yeah. know from just talking to you now, I don't feel like you're going to be operating this way. But are there things that you feel like you need to see, want to see happening in this finale? Are there expectations going like, gosh, I would like to see this? Yes, there are certain things I feel that way about that. It's like, I would like to see this, you know, um, there are uh, there are certain things like it. it I, there's nothing that I feel like I have to see, um, but I would like to see a deeper dive into Ray's history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether she is part of a familiar bloodline or not, I would like to see a deeper dive. Um, I would like to see. Um, I'd like to see either in Anakin or Vader force ghosts or, or either, or either that or a flashback. I would like to see some presence from Anakin or Vader in some way. In what form um, does that take? Like it, it, it could be, it, it, are it we could getting be Hayden Christensen back or yeah, is I it, would be fine with that. I know Hayden gets a lot of hate because you know, the acting in, in the prequels was obviously not top notch, but <laughs> not he's, top-notch, he's no. he, he, but he's still, you know, for me, he's member still of the Anakin family. Skywalker. Yes, he's yeah, a member exactly, of the family, man. Like you know, like he, he's still Anakin Skywalker, and um, and so, uh, you, you know, I I look at it and I say, yeah, man, I wanna, I wanna see, uh, you know, either him, a flashback involving him, or like, you know, a flashback involving Vader, or or Vader in some way, like something like that, bringing vader into the picture would be awesome because vader still is the biggest character in the skywalker saga right so i mean the first six movies as a completed uh duo of trilogies it's the story of anakin skywalker it's not the story of luke right Right. um so i mean it it veers a little bit now with you know seven and eight because we don't know exactly who you pin these two on but like i uh so yeah man i i kind of would like to see that I would love to see I would love to see some kind of like force ghost involving uh, Yoda or Obi-Wan. Um, and uh, and obviously, Luke, we know is going to have a presence in it. Um, so, I mean, for me, it's like I want to see I just want to see these characters like one more time, you know. So whatever form it happens in, um, you know, I think like Robin Lumberg, my old co-host, uh, who's a diehard Marvel fan. I thought he accurately described um, the Avengers uh, Endgame with it's a love letter to Marvel fans. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of what I want this to be to a certain degree, right? A love letter to Star Wars fans. And I think it's going to be that not not because of any reviews, but just because of, you know, if you read Kathleen Kennedy, who's the head of Lucasfilm, that 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 branch of Disney has been kind of hit back from the last whatever the last Jedi thing is the scene yeah. criticism of it is that it 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 made the biggest departure from what we're led to believe is this through line of Star Wars at least the saga you know the the episodes and I you know I just think me going in I feel like it's going to be and I don't mean this in a bad way 
it's going to be fan servicey. It's like we're going to yeah. get to see a lot of the things that we love growing up and while that not may, may not make it, you know, Godfather Part 2, I think it's going to right. make the movie, you know, pretty awesome to see in a theater full of, you know, so I saw the Harry Potter play, The Cursed Child. Um, yeah, how was that? I thought it was awesome. I mean, I, I've it's, heard it's great. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, so I need to see it. It's super long. Like, you know, yeah. like cuz you break it up into two showings. Go go do the Saturday. If you can get tickets, go do the Saturday cuz you get you know, two and a half hours, you get a two and a half hour break, and then you go two and a half hours again for the next showing. Um, it's really actually pretty fantastic. There's a lot more of like the people you care about from the books are in it than I expected. Um, nice. But being just like the probably the best part about being in that theater was like people are in costume going to see a Broadway show, everyone is a Harry Potter nerd. Which yes. is, it's cool to be amongst the tribe, you know, seeing the spectacle. And I think, you know, you're going to have this feeling by going to the 10 o'clock show. I'll have the feeling by going to the show that I'm going to go see opening night. Everyone that has carved out their Thursday night to go see this thing the minute that they can. Just that emotion alone is like worth 13 to 1975, whatever it costs to go see a movie. You know, it's like 100 percent. That's 100%. worth 100 percent. It makes it a great experience because if you're going if you're going to it that day. You're a diehard fan, you know, like and I couldn't agree more, man. I'm I'm so excited for that. And, and I think you're right. Like, I think we all know, like, to a certain degree, it will be fan servicey. And I think that's like we're all cool with that. You know, I you know, I still do not get the hate for The Last Jedi. I've watched it multiple times. I watched it recently again. I've seen now recently, uh, you know, I mentioned my fiance watching it for the first time. I had another friend watch for the first time. And they both were like, that is a great movie, you know, and like I felt the same way. And I, I don't know if it's like, you know, if it's just like the people who are too Star Warsy, because remember, it is beloved by critics. The only the only um, Star Wars that hi have higher critic scores than The Last Jedi are um, Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope. Uh, it's it's third when it comes to critic scores. The Last Jedi is. And so. Like, I, I, it, it was odd because there's such a, like, I think it's Rotten Tomatoes score with critics is like a 95%. And it with, with, uh, the audience, it's like 50, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's so weird. But I, I didn't, I didn't, I still don't get the hate. I thought it was fantastic. Like, I, I thought the only criticism that felt legitimate was the whole, like, Cantobite scene and feeling like Poe kind of, you know, wasn't necessarily Wait, is that developed. the casino scene yeah yeah, yeah I, like, I skip i now skip through the yeah. casino scenes i just don't i you yeah know, doesn't mean and, anything and like that's fair but that's also like nitpicking you know like it like yeah that thing wasn't great but the rest of it what they did with luke was brilliant like mark hamill's acting in that yeah. was absolutely incredible and and his hero moment on the rock with his force projection is fantastic it's a great reveal you know the force timing with Kylo and Ray is terrific. The way they develop their unique connection is terrific. So, um, you know, I, so anyway, I liked it. But I uh, yeah, man, I, I think that you're right be because of the backlash. There probably will be, you know, even more of a swing to servicing the fans in this one. And I'm cool with that. If you want a, a fun perspective on Star Wars, I had Brooke on the pod 
uh, last season when he was with the Bucks. Well, he's still with the Bucks, but when he was with the Bucks last season too, and Brooke Lopez, and um, he is because he's obviously he's famously a, not only a physically large Star Wars fan, but a very big Star Wars fan, and yes. he hates the Force Awakens, and he didn't even really have any thoughts on Last Jedi because I don't even know if he really saw it. Um, he just doesn't like the direction it went into, but that's a conversation for another time. It, I, I'm interested yeah, in checking I know. with I've him. I've had that conversation with him, and then he was like, oh, I wasn't, I'm not going to see Rogue One, and then he saw Rogue One, and he was like, oh, Rogue One is really good. And yeah, Rogue like, One yeah, is bro. really yeah. good. I don't... It, yeah. That, that, would, that movie, I mean, it didn't deliver on the trailer. Like, the trailer made it seem like it was Saving Private Ryan, but with Star Wars, but... You know, it, I thought it was pretty dope. If I can use yes, the word was, dope in this, I thought it was pretty. Yes, dope. it was. It was awesome. It was awesome, and and I love the Force Awakens too because, like, for me, like I think we undersell now what a return visually Force Awakens was to what we loved about Star Wars and what we hadn't seen since 1983. You know, like now we take it for granted because we've had a few movies that have been shot the same way, etc. But like. JJ brought it back to that, you know, like he, he dropped the CGI and he made us care, or at least me care about characters that weren't even in my world, you know? So like just the fact that I emerged from that and everybody did caring so much about Ray and her parentage and, you know, and, and her force sensitivities and whatever, like to me, that was a huge achievement to be able to introduce a new character to us um, and get us to care the way that we did, you know, so I, I enjoyed Force Awakens, but I, I will say like I I there's not a single Star Wars movie that I don't enjoy. I recognize that like, you know, episodes one and two are probably the, you know, um, least critically uh, acclaimed <laughs> of the of the movies. That is but so I polite or kind of you to use those yeah, phrases. And... I still like a man. I, I do. I still there's still things I, I mean. So many of the pearls of wisdom from Yoda that we see memed nonstop come from those movies, you know, like he he has some obviously in uh, five and six. But, you know, a lot of those, you know, a, a lot of those Yoda gems come from the prequels. Um, so I still think there's like I mean, getting to see remember how cool it was getting to see Yoda fight that like, was, for the first time. I can remember that was like the first thing that I tried to YouTube. I think YouTube was around by then, or there was some video, you know, online video service like YouTube. And I remember getting home after seeing that movie, because it was still of the era when you'd see a movie and then wouldn't come to your home until nine months from then. And I was like trying to YouTube Yoda's, you know, lightsaber fight. And what you would get is like a still picture of just Yoda with the lightsaber. And then like some kid would pop up, not the star Wars kid, not the famous Star Wars lightsaber kid, but like some someone else who was like reenacting it in a green suit. It was like so crazy. But like, yes, seeing Yoda fight was I mean, that was that was the pinnacle of cinema at that point in my life. You know, that was like it to see that. Well, I mean, in episode one, that, to me, that's still the best lightsaber battle. And you know, that's one of my things. It's like just give me like I'm pretty simple. Just like give me a lightsaber battle. Give yeah. Me, give me a the Darth Maul. Obi-Wan. Yeah. Uh, his, Anakin, Jin. Is unbe- yeah. I mean, Qui-Gon Jinn is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's unbe- like, give me a, a dogfight in space. G- you know, just give me those things yeah. and you can fill in the rest. And I've, I'm pretty happy. You, totally, man. Like, it's even like the final scene of, of Rogue One. Like, it, 
it, the movie I think is great otherwise anyway, but like it, it's that final scene that leaves you on a high, oh, right? Yeah. You're like, Oh, Vader. Oh, you know I mean? Like that's what does it. Um, I, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I tend to agree. I think, you know, and it's the music as well. Like I am obsessed with, um, hearing, uh, duel of the fates. Yep. Like I hum that in my head all the time. Like that's a treadmill song for me. I'm not not like I don't always run to it, but I that is a part of my treadmill playlist. Is do all the fits. I love that man. Yeah. You're a wise man for that. Like I, so when I saw that in the trailer, I was like, oh yes, yes, like love that. You know, so like I I, I love them bringing them back. And the I'm trying to think what the track is they play during the Darth Maul battle with uh qui-gon that's duel of the one that is duel of the fates yeah, yeah. right yeah yeah okay yeah but they do they play duel of the fates with Any, um anakin and obi-wan fighting too in episode three yeah uh, i don't think so i think there's like a whole mustafar um john williams had like some mustafar i mean i i didn't know don't know for sure though i don't want to overstep yeah i gotta look it up but it is line. Duel of the Fates that plays during that, right? For sure, because during they even like one. they released even like a music video. Star Wars did of during like when Episode One came out, and like in the music video was it wasn't like anyone was dancing. It was like the lightsaber battle of of Darth Maul, Qui Gon Jinn, and Obi Wan. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Was, that was the, Duel of the Fates. Yeah, the Fates. okay, right. That is when Duel of the Fates is. Um, I, I wasn't sure if it's exclusively that or also. The Obi Wan fight scene with Anakin, but that's the greatest track. Like, you know, it's just like, man, I love it. I, well, I can't wait to see how it's incorporated into Rise of Skywalker. Um, so I gotta, I feel like I have to ask you some Nets questions before I let you yeah, go. Yeah, sure. What, like, you know, obviously this this team is sort of in like this um, state of just waiting. We're waiting for Kyrie. We're waiting for. Maybe someone else whose name also starts with K, though we don't know when he'll come but, back. Um, certainly, Karis and Karis as well. Um, just give me like the basic, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like I did a whole thing about is Spencer Dinwiddie an All Star, and mm-hmm. I landed down on he will not be. The numbers are going to stack up against him because Kyrie's going to come back. He's not going to get the share of the ball that he needs to then put up the numbers continually to get up there. But he's playing certainly at an all-star level. Do you think the team is surprised by Spencer playing this well? Or do you think that they knew that Dinwiddie could reach this level? You know, I I haven't asked any of them that direct question. So I don't want to totally speak for... For them, but I would lean towards no that they're not surprised because uh, they're not surprised at Spencer playing this well because they believe in Spencer, you know. And I think you know the guys who go up against Spencer every day in practice, they see a dude who's you know six six with an outstanding handle who can get to the rim whenever he wants, who puts in the work on the defensive end as well, and who is a relentless worker. You know, I mean, what Spencer Dinwiddie has done with his opportunity in Brooklyn has been remarkable. And Kenny always talks about how, like, if we have program all-stars, like, you know, Karras would be a program all-star. Like, like Spencer is like the poster child, though. He's the, he's, you know, the one 
uh, for like, you know, literally putting in the total work with the performance team, work on the court, work with the coaches, work in film. You know, Spencer is absolutely maniacal about being great. And so I think all those guys see that every day and aren't surprised at all to see the results because they've also seen him have success on the court. And when he's been relied upon more, have success as well. So, you know, I don't know, but I would think they're probably not surprised by what he's doing. Um, you know, I would say, I, I don't know, but maybe they're surprised by the way they've been winning, you know? Sure. But I know, I know I am like, I I've been <laughs> pleasantly surprised with the way they've consistently played well over this stretch. Like they really, except for the Charlotte game, there is not one performance over this stretch without Kyrie where you're like, you know, or, a, or like a three great game streak. None of that. You know, it's been amazing how consistent they've been over this stretch without Kyrie. And that has surprised me. But the play of Dinwiddie, no, I think, you know, I think he he's kind of set the table for expectations to play, uh, if not this well, then near this well. Um what do you think they do when Kyrie does come back? I mean, it's such a point of discussion. Does does Dinwiddie then go back to the bench unit, running the bench unit, or is he the guy next to Kyrie in the two guard spot? I'm not even considering Karras at the moment, just because that that makes it almost too complicated. But yeah, what, are they, what, what, what a, is that going to look like? You know, it's a real interesting question because you could, like, if you wanted to, you could leave Dinwiddie in the starting lineup, right, and you could have. Um, you could have Temple come off the bench then and then come in for Dinwiddie early um, and then have Dinwiddie sub back in early so that he can run the second unit. But, like, part of me thinks I, – I don't have any knowledge of this, so sure. I don't know what they're going to do. But part of me thinks, like, you know, as – yeah, we know Dinwiddie is going to close with Kyrie – but maybe they will have him come back off the bench just because, like, the place they're lacking most right now is having the second-unit point guard, right? Like, because, you know, Theo Pinson just isn't necessarily a true point guard, right? And he's, like, trying to learn how to do that at the NBA level. And, you know, there's a big difference at this moment in time um, between Spencer Dinwiddie running that second unit or Theo Pinson running it, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Like, to me, if you were going to start Dinwiddie, you could, but I don't think you're ever going to see Dinwiddie and Kyrie off the floor, you know? So if you're never going to see them both off the floor at the same time, then how are you going to, you know, rejigger the lineup so that they could both start but both be on the floor, you know, but also, you know, have at least one of them on the floor at all moments? And so that's why I think there's a chance that Dinwiddie comes off the bench because it makes it easier to have that at least one of them on the floor at every moment if Dinwiddie is coming off the bench. So, and, and also it's like a whole thing, like we focus so much on who is starting and obviously that was my question, but in the end it's who is ending the game is yeah. what really matters. And like, really, I mean, you're going to see Kyrie and Spencer on the floor at the same time to end the game. Once, you know, I, I don't know who's going to come back first, Karras or Kyrie. I mean, there's some buzz amongst Nets Twitter that Karras is closer than probably even Kyrie at this point. That's from, you know, internet detectives who are out there and that Karras is traveling with the team at this moment. But mm -hmm. who knows? Um, but when those three are playing, then you have Joe Harris, Jared Allen, Torian Prince. 
that's an interesting uh, problem to have for Kenny Atkinson, though it's not really a problem. It's it's actually nice that they have six players who deserve to be on the floor at the end of games. Yeah, it's a blessing, man. I think you could even see on um, Sunday in a win against Philly the difference it made having Wilson Chandler, you know, mm-hmm, having, having a, a veteran NBA player who clearly knows what he's doing out there with the second unit, you know, or plugging in for Torian Prince when he's in foul trouble, you know. So, like, I do think that these are all great problems, so to speak, to have, you know. And, like, if you think about the nine guys who would play when they have both Karras and Kyrie back, right, or or the ten guys, like, you think about, like, damn, like, you know, this is, this is a good squad, you know. Like, if, if, if you're playing – you know, I mean, forget it when KD comes back, then it really feels like a, a fantastic team, obviously. But like, but if you're, let's say without KD, let's say you start uh, Kyrie and um, let's say you start Spencer, Kyrie, Spencer, Joe, Torian and Jared Allen. And then you come off the bench with Levert, with Temp, uh, with Temple you know, with Wilson Chandler, mm. with DeAndre Jordan, and David Nawaba, the way he's playing, like, Certainly. I feel really good about that 10, you know? So, um, I think the Nets would love to get a chance to see what they look like totally healthy. Um, and, you know, also give these guys a chance to get chemistry with each other. Dinwiddie and Karras have had time to build up that chemistry. Obviously, Kyrie really hasn't yet. Yeah, and so um, I'll leave you with one last question, because... You know, and this is going to be a hard one to answer. I understand yeah, this. Okay. Uh, you know, they speak. There's so much about Kyrie and about his impact, his moods, whatever you want to say, his emotional impact on a team. Though, from what I'm seeing, I just don't feel. I don't buy into. So far, I don't buy into it. Like I, I mean, I think he's been. He seems to have been fine, but just overall, is there just is there a different mood between this version? of the Nets compared to the one last year or two years before? Like, does the team actually feel different to be around comparably to previous seasons? I mean, not that I can sense at this moment. Um, I think it feels like sort of an extension. Like, I do think they've been able to maintain the culture they had built, you know? Um, and, And, you know, sometimes that can be a challenge when you're bringing in established guys who've had great success doing things a certain way, um, whether they're the greatest guys in the world, the most loud, the quietest, doesn't matter, right? If they've had success, like sometimes it's like, well, this is the way I do it. But I think to these guys' credit uh, who came in, they saw the success the Nets had had and the culture they built, and that was part of what attracted them to it. So it made them open-minded about the Net way of doing things, right? The Brooklyn way of doing things. I will say this. When, you know, the little, you know, whispers came out in the media about Kyrie, I said, wait, I haven't heard any of this. I'm around this team. So let me dive into this a little bit. And I talked to players and I talked to front office members and I talked to many, many people in and around Kyrie involved with the Nets, all of whom have no problem being honest with me, whether the answers are positive or negative. And every single one of them swore that they absolutely love Kyrie, that he has been nothing but a blessing here. He's been incredibly positive. 
fantastic to work with. And you could see his teammates even like upset that any reports like this were out there because they were saying like, we love this guy. Like we, we love playing with him. Like we feel bad that he has to even hear anything like this because the experience has been great. And so like, I know sometimes people pay you lip service. Like I've been around, you know, sports for a long time now. I'm telling you, I talk to only people who are purely honest with me always. And every single one of them was like, Ryan, I'm telling you, we love this dude. This dude, the way he communicates, the way he works, how much he cares, the kind of leadership he brings, we love him. So I, I think that Kyrie has been nothing but a blessing for this team. And I think that's exactly how everybody in that room feels, everybody in that organization feels. Um, and I, I do believe that, you know, when he comes back, this team, as well as they've played, can play a whole lot better. And that's a that's a good thing for Nets fans to think about. And I think they've they've continued to answer your original question, especially in this recent stretch. I think they have continued sort of the overt fun we saw them having last year. I think they've been able to bring that to this year's team as well. And I think we've seen it not just with the guys on the floor, but I think we've also seen it with the guys who have been on the bench, KD, Kyrie, Karras. Like, I think everybody's just enjoying each other. All right. Well, that's Ryan Ruka. Ryan, thank you so much. I'm, I know <laughs> I really appreciate all the Star Wars talk. That's really why I wanted to have you on. And then I appreciate you giving your Nets knowledge to us, too. That's really helpful. Hey, dude, two of my favorite things in the world. So, <laughs> you know, I'm happy to talk about them whenever. I appreciate you taking the time, man. And Good luck avoiding spoilers till Thursday. <laughs> Let's enjoy the ex this experience, man. I think it's going to be a pretty awesome movie for us. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Ryan. You got it.